This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Well, it's good to have you guys out this morning on this beautiful day. I want to ask you a question as we launch into this new day, this new season. What are you expecting? Now, you know, for the last few weeks, I've been talking about unearthing truth, unearthing the the promises of Almighty God. And as you unearth these things, what are you expecting? Because what you are expecting has a greater impact upon your life than I think you really understand and know and and believe. And hopefully we can uh, discuss this just a little bit here this morning and and maybe it will impact your life some. Uh, The word expect, the, the word expect, it means imagine. So if you're expecting something, if, if you're, and at the end of the service, you know, as we dismiss, the altar will be open, and there'll be some folks who have been scheduled to join us to pray. And uh, I, I asked last week that you would come expecting. What are you expecting? Are you expecting for God to move in your life? Um, provide some, something, whatever it might be. It could be health, healing. It could be finances, relational uh, situations, uh, uh, God breathing on it and healing and restoring, you know. But I want to ask you that question. What are you expecting? And that, you know, when we expect something, that can also be defined as imagine. When you expect something, you know, I end up talking about fishing a good little bit, especially this summer here, I reckon. I was just looking at those. That picture. Oh, I need to turn my mic on. Oh, that, I didn't see that picture. That reminds me of the Farmington River up around People's Forest. I'm imagining and expecting that. <laughs> Come back here. <laughs> Don't leave me. But when I go fishing, I genuinely can imagine it, you know, because I've done it, and, and I can imagine really, I can imagine the tug on the end of the line there, you know, uh, the whole process. But I'm asking you, what are you expecting? The, the word expect, it means to imagine. It means to think. You know, when you're expecting something, you, you, your, your thinking gets in line with that. You know, you, you think about this and you think about that. You know, you believe. When you expect, you, you believe something. You, you, you anticipate something. You, you envision. You, you visualize something, you know. You, you picture it. Uh, these words can maybe help stimulate us as we are expecting something from God. You know, expecting is an act or a state of, of looking forward to something, you know. So uh, hopefully we, we uh, challenge your expectations this morning. It says here in Psalms 39 verse 7 in the Amplified Bible, and now, Lord, for what do I expectantly wait? For, for what do I expectantly wait? Well, for, for what? I mean, what do I expectantly wait for? 
I have to get my cough drop in the right place, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Last night I had to leave because I got a tickle in my throat, so I'm trying to prepare ahead, but sorry. <laughs> so, so we're expecting to get the cough drop in the right spot. <laughs> gotcha, okay. And now, Lord, for what do I expectantly wait? My hope, my confident expectation is in you. My confident expectation, and we know that that is the definition of hope. And a lot of people use the word hope all the time. Well, I hope you have a good day. I hope things go okay with you. And they kind of have a frown on their face. Like, really, they're maybe expecting negative instead of positive. Well, I, I hope it all works out for you, you know. But the biblical definition of expect, uh, of hope, is a, a positive, a wonderful, a confident expectation for the future. Genuinely is. That's what it's talking about. And you know, just to remind you, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now, faith is a substance. And you can get a hold of substance. Sometimes it's hard to get a hold of faith, maybe, but faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is a confident expectation. So faith is the substance of expecting. Faith is the substance of a confident expectation. So when you are confident in your expectation, that means you got faith. If you have no expectation, there's a little, very little faith involved in the whole deal there, whatever it is that you're praying or believing God for. Anyhow, let's look here at Isaiah 26.3. You will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you. Focused. Wow. You're going to keep in perfect, constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast. That's, that's committed, you know, dedicated, loyal, you know, faithful, and it's focused on you. Is your, is your, is your uh, thoughts, is your mind focused on God? There's lots of things that's always bidding for our focus, you know, but this you'll never be disappointed. That's 100% for sure. A man once wrestled with these questions. Can we have constant contact with God all the time? Can we fall asleep in his arms and awaken in his presence? Can we do his will all the time? Can we think his thoughts all the time? Can I bring the Lord back in my thoughts every few seconds? So that God shall always be in my mind. I choose to make the rest of my life an experiment in answering these questions. That man was Frank Labatt, born in the United States in 1884. A missionary to the illiterate, teaching them to read so they could know the beauty of the scriptures. Frank Labatt was dissatisfied with his spiritual life. At the age of 45, he resolved to live in continuous inner conversation with God and in perfect responsiveness to God's will. 
Labak wrote in his journal on March the 1st, 1930, the sense of being led by an unseen hand grows upon me daily. April the 18th, I have tasted a thrill in the fellowship with God. This afternoon, the possession of God has caught me up with such sheer joy that I thought I never had known anything like it. God was so close. May the 24th. This concentration on God is strenuous, but everything else has ceased to be so. I think more clearly. I forget less frequently. Things which I did with a strain before, I now do easily and with no effort whatsoever. I worry about nothing and I lose no sleep. Frank DeBach was a man who walked with God continuously. That's what faith does. How close of a relationship do you want with God? Closer. I believe we can have as close of a relationship as we want. If we'll pursue that, then do you expect it? Do you expect it? It says right here in Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect Look for and hope in him. Did you can we read that verse again? But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him. Will gain new strength. New strength. And renew their power. If if we're expecting mm -hmm. from him, we're gonna gain new strength and re renew our power. They will lift up their wings. And rise up close to God, like eagles rising toward the sun. Rising up close to God? That's awesome. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. You know, in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, it's, it's talking about God's, his truth, his, his, uh, his promises. And it says... In verse 11, so shall my word be that God go says, so shall my, he's talking about his word, and, and we have it right here. He says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void. It's not going to return to me empty or, 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 or hollow or empty of power. It's not going to come back to me that way. But it shall accomplish that which I please. His word, when God says something, when God spoke in the beginning of time and said, let there be light, light came into existence. The sun shone and, and the stars began their twinkle and all. And it says, it shall accomplish that which I please. This is God talking. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. And you know, there was a, a centurion, a, a soldier in uh, Jesus' day, and he came to Jesus and the disciples, and he said, I have a servant. Uh, and he was very compassionate about his servant. He says, my, my servant is at home and, and terribly sick. Uh, would you do something? And Jesus said, hey, I'll come and I'll heal. And the centurion said, no. I'm a man under authority. 
I tell one to go and he goes. Tell one to come and he comes. Uh, whatever I tell them to do, they're under my authority. They, they respond. And the centurion told Jesus, and this is what the centurion was expecting. He said, Jesus, uh, I'm not worthy for you to come under my house, under the roof of my house. Just speak the word and my servant will be whole. That's what the centurion said to Jesus. And Jesus put all of his disciples to his, hey guys, here's a teachable moment. I've not seen anybody have such great faith in all of Israel than this centurion. He had great expectations of Jesus. If, if, if there was somebody sick in our house and we asked Jesus to come personally, by all means, we would want him to come. You know, not say, no, no, just speak the word. But that's what the centurion did. And we understand where it says there in Isaiah 55, it says, so shall my word be, my word that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty or hollow. It, it, it's going to accomplish something. Well, I determined that it was going to accomplish and it's going to prosper where I sent it. If I sent it to turn on the light, if I sent my word to, to heal the centurion servant, it's going to accomplish what I sent it to do. And we need to find these promises. We need to find out what God sent his word to do. Did you know it in, in the Bible? It says he sent his word to heal. He, he sent his word to heal. He actually did. It's just like, okay, you know. I'm going to apply it every which way I can. You know, and I find out that that's not the best way, but I can read it and I can learn it. I was just thinking about something when, uh, especially when our kids were uh, sick growing up. We, we had a, a DVD called The Gospel of Matthew, and it was word for word, but it was a movie. It was word for word, the scriptures. And that's what we, we had them listen to, you know, um, and yep. watch it, because we knew that God sent his word to heal. You know, and we, when we're sick, that's what we do. We focus on God's word. And there's so many promises there. Oh. Yes. And, and we gave that uh, DVD out to all the kids at VBA last year yep. as well. Um, Anyhow, you know, someone once had asked me, and uh, this was in the early days of the computer, and someone was just wanting some advice from a pastor, and it seemed to be a safe environment to ask me, and uh, they, they asked me, they said, do you think that God would forgive me for something I did years earlier? And I responded, I said, I, I, I don't think that God will forgive you. And, and they responded because we were kind of, you know, distance and didn't really know each other. And they got kind of alarmed and they got kind of worried about it. And then I said it again. I, I don't think that God, you know, will forgive you. I know that he will forgive you. There's a difference, you know. Mm -hmm. I think he might, you know. I know that God will forgive you. Why? Because he has promised to forgive you. 100% he's promised. Let's just read this verse in the first John 1, 9. But I want to read it out of the Amplified Bible. Listen to what it says. And, and listen to it as if it is the first time you ever heard it. If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins. So you admit it and then you confess your sins. He is faithful. Oh my God. He is faithful and just, 
True to his own nature and promises. He's true to his own nature and he's true to his promises. God's never broken a promise yet. And will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, everything not in conformity with his will and purpose. He will forgive. He forgets. Absolutely. I, I don't just, just think he might forgive you. I know that I know that I know down in my deepest knower that God, he honors his word. He sent his word and it will not return void. It will accomplish what he sent to do. And he sent his word to forgive us. Mm-hmm. And I know that he will forgive us. Anybody here? How many of you here have ever been forgiven by God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you elbow the person beside you? They're sleeping or something <laughs> like that. You know. No, God has forgiven us. He loves us. He's crazy about us. He genuinely is. And you know, a promise really is, is speaking a promise and expectation is, is, is speaking about the future, you know. You remember in the Bible, and we're going to talk about it just a wee bit here again, but there was a, a woman in the Bible, and, and the Bible refers to her as a, uh, that she had this issue of blood. You remember where it says she had an issue of blood? Uh, you know, all of us have some kind of an issue, don't we? Maybe a financial issue or a relational issue or some kind of an issue. So I want to challenge you as we're looking into this passage here. What kind of an issue do you have? And could the way she dealt with this issue, could you deal with the same with your issue? You know, and I, I, I want to read this and you probably read this multiple times already, but I want you to read it along with me. As if in you're reading it for the very first time. Mark chapter 5 verse 25 in the Amplified Bible. A woman in the crowd had suffered from a hemorrhage. Uh, a hemorrhage. This was a, an, an outflow, a, a, a gush of bleeding this woman had. This issue of blood that had been going on for 12 years. Hadn't been settled, hadn't stopped. It's been going on for 12 years. Let's read that story back over. A woman in the crowd had suffered from a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much suffering at the hands of many. Much, it says. Endured much. That means an abundance of suffering that this woman has endured at the hands of many physicians. You know? She had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but instead had become worse. Now, you know, the, the doctors meant well, and, and they were doing the best that they could do, but they were extremely limited on what they could do, what they could accomplish. And this woman says that she had become worse and worse and worse in 12 years that she had sought the best medical professional she could find, but in those days and times, that they just couldn't offer her very much. She had heard reports about Jesus. She heard a report. Have y'all heard reports about Jesus? Yes. You, 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 know, you know what it's like? It's like uh, you hear a report 
It's like this, and you send it out. Whoops. Oh, did I hurt you guys? Nope. <laughs> Have you got the rock? Can you see if you can hit this with it like that? Here? Yeah. Help her take you, dear. <laughs> That's okay. Her story is still moving. What happens there? It's ripples. Go across the whole pond. Isn't this an awesome pond up here this morning? <laughs> Imagine acres and acres and acres. You throw a big old rock in there. And the ripples go to the far edges of the, the lake, you know? And, and sometimes it hits the lake and then they come back across again, like this little pond right here, you know? And when you hear a report or you share a report, have you ever shared something that God's done for you? Yes. And you share it with somebody and it just goes, it goes a lot further than you know it would ever go. And, and, and it reaches somebody a long ways off. And then they end up, you know, throwing that back in and sharing it with somebody else and sharing it. And it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And it says here. She had heard reports about Jesus and she came up behind him. Uh, have you ever told anybody about something that Jesus did for you? Yes. Yes. What did I say? Yes. Well, then you have done this. If you told somebody something about Jesus or what he's done for you or one of your family members, you, you, you sent ripples. And, and, and they don't return void. They, they continue to move. You may not see them, but, but they continue to move. And it touches, you know, the other side of the lake. It, it touches even where there's not really water. It, it, just, it just continues to go. These ripples impact people. Well, here's a woman, and she has this issue of, of blood for 12 years. That's what the scripture says. You know, and she spent every penny she had. She was pretty much in the, the poorhouse at this point in time. And she just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And she had heard reports. A ripple had gotten to her. She had heard reports about Jesus, it says. And she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his outer robe. Now, she came up behind him, which means she snuck up behind him. Because, see, if you had an issue of blood, you, you couldn't touch people, especially the religious people, especially the leaders, because if you touched them and you had an issue of blood, you made them ceremonially unclean for at least a week. They were unclean. They couldn't fulfill their responsibilities. Uh, and you could be stoned to death by touching a religious leader and, and making them ceremonially unclean. You know? And so she, she's been dealing with this whole concept. She's pretty much lived kind of like this pandemic alone. You know? And, and been alone. And, and so she, she saw there was a crowd gathering and she snuck up behind Jesus, you know, where he wouldn't see it. Nobody else would really recognize, you know, because he's moving this direction. And just touched the, the outer garment that he was wearing, the outer robe. For she thought. Now, she, she thought. She, she did what? Thought. She thought. 
she expected, she believed, she imagined, she envisioned, she thought. Oh, wow. She thought. If I just touch his clothing, I will get well. That's what she thought. And you think things out before you do them, most often. I think I'm going to go fishing, and then, then I go, you know. And I think I'm going to catch a fish, and I catch one. I think I'm going to bring it home, and Susan's going to cook it for me, and she cooks it for me. But we think things out first. It says in verse 28, For she thought, if I just touch his clothing, I will get well. Immediately. 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 This is not even a minute later. It's not 60 It's not five seconds later. Immediately. Her flow of blood was dried up. Now she's been bleeding for 12 years. And the best of the best of the best of the physicians have cared for her. And they never helped her with what they had to offer. They've been well, but they just could not help her. That's what the scripture says. But when she touched the outer robe of Jesus, immediately her flow of blood was dried up. She felt in her body and knew without any doubt. She, she thought, you know, she, she, she heard, she, she thought, she acted. Immediately things changed in her body and she felt in her body. And what was that word? And knew. She knew. Without any doubt that she was healed of her suffering. She felt, she had lived with this thing for 12 years and she knew, she was like, oh, wow. This is what it feels like not to have that disease anymore. This is what it feels like to be whole. Oh, the, the peace. If you look up in the Old Testament about peace, in Isaiah there, the word peace means wholeness. And she felt a wholeness, a body and soul and spirit. She felt it, boom, instantly. Instantly, she felt it. And she knew without a doubt that she was healed of her suffering. Hallelujah, praise God. Instantly, there's a poor woman and, and she received what, what she was believing for. Immediately. This is in verse 30. What? Immediately. Immediately. Jesus recognizing in himself that power had gone out from him. Here's a woman touched the outer garment of Jesus. Immediately she was healed. Immediately when she was being healed, Jesus was feeling power was flowing out from him. And you got to understand the kenosis of Christ. Jesus, when he came to this earth, he laid down all of his divine, heavenly God attributes. That's what he did. He never worked a miracle until he was 30 years old. After he was baptized in water, it says that the Holy Spirit drove him into the wilderness. Y'all remember that? Drove him into the wilderness. Anyhow, then miracles begin to take place. But every miracle that Jesus did was 
by the power of the Holy Spirit that you and I have that's been sent to us. Lord Jesus, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the one who's going to comfort you and help you, uh, you know, through your life and all. And Jesus did his miraculous works the same way. He demonstrated it for us, and he wasn't counting on the fact that he was the Son of God. You know. Anyhow, it's, it says here, immediately her flow of blood was dried up. And verse 30, immediately Jesus recognized in himself that power had gone out of him. You know where the power went? To her. She took it. I, I, I'm not teasing you. Jesus didn't just volunteer and say, hey, here. She, she took it. And he, what's he say? Go ahead. Jesus, recognizing in himself that power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Hey, who touched my clothes? I didn't hear any of you guys say that this morning. Does anybody... Do you think that somebody touched your clothes when you was coming in this morning? Possibly. I, I, I know I did. I touched John. I reached over and touched his shoulder. Did you see me do that? You know? Nothing spectacular happened. Uh, I greeted him. It was good to see him. But Jesus is saying, Who touched my clothes? You know, he didn't say it that way. He said, hey, who touched my clothes? And that's what the disciples said. His disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in around you from all sides, and you ask who touched me? There are hundreds of men and women out there, crowds of people. I mean, Jesus was drawing a tremendous crowd, and, and the disciples were being a little, hmm. They weren't using wisdom the way they were. Jesus what, what do you mean? Who, don't you see this crowd of people? Hundreds of people were touching Jesus. Nothing had happened unusual. Nothing had happened unusual at all. Hmm. And you ask who touched me? Still, he kept looking around to see the woman who had done it. This woman made the miracle happen. Not Jesus. She took the initiative. She took the initiative. And after she took the power and took the healing, Jesus said, hey, who touched me? He wasn't upset. He was amazed that someone had such expectations. He was amazed that someone had such faith that they, they just took this power without him saying a word to them. This woman had heard a report. She had heard people reporting that this Jesus was healing sick people and he was restoring relationships and he was working miracles for people and she had been suffering for 12 years and, and, and she came and touched the outer garment. Boom! Something happened miraculously. Boom! At the same time, Jesus said, power has gone out of me. King James says, virtue has gone out of me. And then Jesus started looking for this person who had touched him. So let, let's continue right there. In verse 33, and the woman, though she was afraid and trembling. She was what? Afraid and trembling. She was afraid to the point of, of trembling, it says. 
aware of what had happened to her. She was afraid and she was trembling, but I'll guarantee you she was joyful. <sighs> First time in 12 years, I felt whole. <coughs> she was thankful. Oh, 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 it was absolutely amazing. That's what's taking place here, you know? And the woman, <coughs> though she was afraid and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him. That, that's true worship. She, she knew a miracle had taken place, and she fell down before him. And, and, and true worship of Jesus, Savior and, and healer and, and, and provider. And, and <clears throat> She came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. She told him everything. How long she'd been sick, all the different people that she had sought for and, and how she had heard these you know, reports about him, you know, and they had reached her and that she had thought and, and, and she had said to herself and then she acted upon it. She told him everything. She, she, she told him everything and then Jesus responded. Last thing he said to her is, hey, who touched me? And then she fessed up, told him everything, and then Jesus responded. Verse 34, then he said to her, daughter, your faith, your personal trust. No, no wait, wait a minute. We, we're going a little too fast by something here. He said, daughter, what? Your faith. Well, what was just before faith? What did it say? Your. Your. He said, daughter, your. The, the, the word your there, it means that which belongs to you. This is not my faith. It's not the people around you's faith. This is something that belongs to you, ma'am. It's your, your, it belongs to you, as Jesus said in response to this wonderful healing that took place. He said, daughter, your faith. And then he says again, he says, your personal trust. And then he, it's implied your your confidence in me has restored you to health. Jesus says, your faith has restored you to health. King James says, your faith has made you whole. Your, it's something that belongs to you. It's not somebody else's. It's, it's your faith has made you well from something you ha ha have had for 12 years. Your faith, Jesus said, he made it clear. Your faith. Remember when she did it, he said, hey, who touched me? And he wasn't lying about that. He, he went, well, who touched me in this special way? Everybody was bumping into him, but the person who touched him, they knew who it was. And then she confessed up, and then Jesus says, your faith, this belongs to you. And I'm going to tell you, you have faith, because the Bible says God has dealt. Can you picture him Dealing cards to us all. The Bible says God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. We all have a little bit to start with. And what do you do with your faith? You can increase it if you want to. It's up to us. It's exactly. It's up to us. You can lose it all. Or you can just leave it sitting there. But Jesus says, daughter, your faith. Your personal trust and confidence in me has restored you to health. Go in peace 
and be permanently healed from your suffering. Jesus says, be permanently healed from your suffering. This is in the Amplified Bible. Be permanently healed. This ain't going to come back in a couple of days. It's not going to come back on a monthly basis. You are permanently healed from your suffering. That is absolutely awesome and amazing. Jesus says, it's your faith. Your trust. Your being confident has made you whole. Listen to what it says here in Psalms chapter 40, verse 1, in the Amplified Bible. It says, I waited patiently and expectantly for the Lord. If you really want to receive from God, you wait patiently and yet expectantly for the Lord. And he inclined to me and he heard my cry. And he brought me up out of the horrible pit of tumult and, and of destruction out of the miry clay. You know, he, he has brought me out of the miry clay, the psalmist is saying. And when I've read these verses here, it's just like ripples reached me. You know, David says, he brought me out of the horrible pit, out of the, the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock, steadying my footsteps and establishing my path. Verse 3 says, he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. I bet you that woman had a song. I bet she made up a song that she sang from that day forward. She's just remembering Jesus and the look of compassion in his eyes and the healing power that flowed to her. Many, it says, many will see and fear with great reverence and they will trust confidently in the Lord. Many are going to see what God did for me because I'm going to send out some ripples. I'm going to send out some ripples. I'm going to talk about what Jesus did for me. And many people are going to have this reverence for him, and they're going to put their trust in Jesus because we're sending out these ripples. Like the woman, she heard a report, you know. Uh, Let's what it says here in Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. First, I'm going to read it to you out of the King James Bible. And it says, and when Jesus departed thence, two blind men. Now, I don't know if you know what Jesus was doing before this. Jesus had just got through raising a little girl from the dead. And there were two blind men. They couldn't see it, but they heard all the activity of what was going on. And when Jesus departed from that home, it says two blind men followed him, crying. And that don't mean boo-hoo-hoo kind of a cry. It means a loud voice. It's more of a scream, more of a shout. It says, and these two blind men followed him crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy, have compassion on us. We're blind men. Have compassion. Have mercy on us. And when he was coming to his house, Jesus had a place to stay in the house that night. The blind men came to him. And Jesus... This is his first words to these blind men. Believe ye that I am able to do this? Now, the right thing to do if Jesus comes and asks you, do you believe I'm able to do this? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I, I believe it all. But no, 
Do you really believe? Do you genuinely expect? Can you envision it? Can you picture it happening to you? And here, Jesus says unto the two blind men, Believe ye that I am able to do this? Question mark. And they said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. According to what? Your faith. Jesus first asked them, he says, Do you believe I can heal you? Do you believe I'm able to do this? They said, Yes, Lord. And then he touched their eyes and said, According to, what's that word? Your faith. Your faith. Your means that which belongs to you. These two blind men. According to your faith, you brought it in with you. According to your faith, be it unto you. If you came in wanting and wanting and wanting and wanting me to heal you, but you didn't really have any expectation at all, well, that's on you. But Jesus said to them, According to your faith, be it unto you. Wow. Now let's look at that out of the New Living Translation, verse 29. Then he touched their eyes and said, because. Now the word because, it means due to the fact. Because there's a fact that you have to to, uh, put into this equation here. Because. Because of your faith, it will happen. That's something that belongs to you has caused this to happen. That's what he's saying here. You know, because of what? Your. Because of something that belongs to you, your faith, your expectation, it will happen. And then let's look at the uh, Matthew 9.29, the same passage again in the Amplified Bible. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith. To your faith is something that belongs to you. is according to your faith. And their faith came by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing people telling about what Jesus had been doing. And, and it reached them. And they heard it. And faith comes by hearing, you see. And, and he said, according to your faith. Your trust and confidence in my power and my ability to heal, it will be done to you. It will be done to you. Let's look at it one more time. In the Message Bible, Matthew 9, 29, in the Message Bible, it says... He touched their eyes and said, become what you believe. Become what you believe. Become what you believe. Now, there's something you can do about your believer. You can increase your believer. You can strengthen your expectations. You genuinely can. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing his word, God's word. It tells us that faith comes, you know, we build up our most holy faith, praying in the spirit. It builds up our faith. There's things that you and I can do on a day-by-day basis that strengthens your faith. I've been reading my Bible early this morning and I know that faith comes by hearing God's word 
Well, Pastor Ron, I mean, you still need to read the Bible? Absolutely, I do. You know why? I forget. And faith comes by hearing God's word. And you can increase your believer. You can increase your expectations. And, and, and you can increase your, your, your imagination. When you're praying about things, you can see it happening already. You can envision it. You know, uh, oh man, just very clear, like the picture of that. You see that lake over there on the wall over there? It's almost like I can really see a, a lake on that wall, you know? Can y'all almost imagine a lake over there too? But we need to have an imagination. And we'll do another time. The Bible uses the word about imaginations and how powerful our imagination really is. Anyhow... James chapter 1, verse 5 in the Amplified Bible says, If any of you lacks wisdom... Now, this is being spoken about wisdom that, that we might would like, but it, the same principle impacts everything that we might like. Okay. If any of you lacks wisdom to guide him through a decision or circumstance, he is to ask God... I'm sorry. He is to ask of our benevolent... God. Our benevolent, which means our, our kind and caring and our, our compassionate, our, our generous God. He is to ask of our benevolent God who gives to everyone. Everyone is 100%. Generously and without rebuke or blame. And it will be given to him. God's not going to say, hey, you asked for too much stuff. I gave you something last week, you know. <laughs> Never, ever Ever will God say such a thing to you? He'll never reprimand you or rebuke you for asking. We probably use this scripture at least every day. We're, we're always asking him for wisdom. I don't want to just make decisions based on my own understanding. You're right. Before I ever saying, Papa God, grant us wisdom. You said in your word, if we lack wisdom, we could ask you, and you would give it to us liberally. And we're asking for wisdom right now. And he gives us wisdom. He genuinely does, and we expect him to give us wisdom. Okay, let's pick up here on verse 6. But he must. Must. But he must. The guy who's asking for wisdom, he must. And, and this is kind of a, a, a precondition. Um, this is an essential. You know, he says, but he must... Ask for wisdom. No, in that's faith. not the emphasis there. He must ask. Forget the word wisdom, because you can ask for whatever else you might need there, but it says he must ask for wisdom in faith. He must ask in faith, in faith. without without doubting you God's know, willingness to help. Do you doubt God's willingness to help you? Do you think, well, God's mad at me, he's upset with me, because I didn't do what he said he, I should do, I disobeyed him, and God's upset. But he says, when you ask for wisdom or anything else, he says, you must ask in faith, without doubting God's willingness to help. You've got to believe he's willing to help. And we see that echoed in Hebrews eleven six. Can you read that real quick for us here? In the Amplified Bible, it says, but without faith, it is impossible... To walk with and please him. For whoever comes near to God must. Must. There's that word again. Whoever comes near to God 
must necessarily believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. He earnestly re and diligently rewards those who diligently seek him. God rewards us. He wants to bless us genuinely. He wants us to expect. He don't want us being full of doubt. He wants us to be full of expectation. That's what he wants. Let's read James 1 uh, again. This is in the Amplified, but he must ask in faith without doubting God's willingness to help. For the one who doubts is like a billowing surge. You know, a billowing surge is talking about a wave. Of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind. For such a person... A, a person who doubts, because they've not had time or they've not made the time to increase their faith and to strengthen their faith. Do you know everyone who's in this room right now, you can increase your muscles if you want to? Is that right? Yes. You can go to a gym or you can just come over to my house and cut and stack firewood. <laughs> and your muscles will rally to the occasion. It's like, well, I can't, you know, and before you know it, it's like, wow, a month has gone by and I'm lifting bigger logs than I ever knew I could. You know? And there's something you can do about your faith if you want to. And he says here, for such a person, this kind of a, a wishy-washy, doubt-filled, like the, the, you're going to forget that. So what did you say? That don't be like a wave of the sea that is blown about and tossed by the wind. That's supposed to be the ocean spray, That's I think. That's the ocean spray. <laughs> you can almost smell the salt in it, right? Almost. <laughs> That's free, okay? <laughs> Everybody needed a shower this morning. Yeah, For such a person ought not to think or expect that a, he will receive. A person who is doubt-filled. Yes, yes, God, can I think he, uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, he may be holding things again. Uh, yeah, I think, no, no, I don't. And that's a, a doubt-filled, double-minded kind of a person. So doubt robs us of our expectations. You know what double means? A double-minded? It means a, a doubt-minded person. Mm -hmm. You know, it's positive, negative, back and forth, you know. For such a person... Ought not to think or expect that he will receive anything at all from the Lord. God said that. Well, why did he say that? Because he don't want to answer your prayer? No, that's not why he said it. He don't want you doubt-filled. He don't want you double-minded. He wants you to increase your expectation. Faith comes by hearing his word, by reading his word, by, by praying his word, by talking about his word, about sending out these little ripples, you know, about what God has done or what God can do. That's what he wants us to do. Well, let's just read that whole thing again. For such a person ought not to think or expect that he will receive anything at all from the Lord. Being a double-minded man, unstable and restless in all his ways, in everything he thinks, feels, or decides. So being full of doubt does not help our prayers to be answered. And there's something you can do about it. You can increase your faith muscles if you want to. You can increase them. And God's word tells us how to do that. Uh, let's go ahead. 
Mark 11 verse 22 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, And we are his disciples. Have faith in God. Not just have faith. And I have heard people say, I've got faith in my faith. Nah, 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 nah. Object of your faith is, is misplaced. Our faith is in God. Have faith in, in God. And it says here... Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. He, he obeyed God, although he'd never seen a storm like this, rain like this, a flood like this. He'd never seen such a thing, but he was acting upon what he was told. He, he obeyed God. The result, his family was saved. His act of faith, faith in God drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. As a result of his obedience to God, Noah became intimate with God. Noah got closer and closer and closer to God. Romans 3 verse 30 says, There is only one God and there is only one way of being accepted by him. That's right. He makes people right with himself only by faith. Not by, oh, of all my good works, way more than my bad works, I'll get into heaven. No, it's only by faith. It's only by believing and expecting God to do what he promised he'd do. He'll forgive you, and he'll take you with him. That's all you got to do. You got to believe that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus rose from the dead. It says it in, in Romans 10, 8, 9. But let's go on here. Second uh, Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter five verse seven says, "We walk by faith. We, we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is a substance. Faith is the stuff, the substance of things hoped for, the confident expectation for future success. Faith is a substance of expectation, and it says here, we walk by faith." By, by expecting, by expectations, not by sight. Because sight can mislead us. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, yeah. Have, have you ever saw something and then something changes? Yeah. You know, things can always change. It says we walk by faith, not by sight. So what do you expect, you know? Do you have faith? Do you have the faith to obey God? What, what God chose us to do? Mm -hmm. You know, Charles Finney... One said, he said, revival is nothing more or less than a new obedience to God. That's where revival comes. Uh, uh, a new obedience to God. Yeah, I'm going to do, do everything you said. I'm going to receive all the promises. I'm going to expect everything that you, you said to me. I, I'm going to receive all that, you know. And I think we're going to stop right here, right now. But what we want to do, and, and I got to, a bag of rocks here, and you, you can't use this. <laughs> I might use that again, but you can use my bag of rocks. <laughs> I shouldn't have put the water in there. My bag is falling apart. I say some for the next service, but when you come by, and we're going to invite you just in a couple of minutes if you want some prayer, because I've invited other people in our church, and they've been scheduled. They've already met with me, and we've communicated. They're going to come, and they're going to expect 
for you. They're going to pray with you because we haven't really had a lot of personal prayer since the pandemic started. We started praying for people other than Susan and I. We, we started doing it as a team last, last week. But before you leave, you can take a rock if you would care to and you can throw it in just to see the ripples. And let it remind you when you talk about Jesus, when you talk about what Jesus is doing in your life and, and how he forgives and how he heals and how he provides, it sends ripples that impacts other people. And when you throw a rock, just say a prayer. Just say a prayer, you know, about what you're expecting God to do. And you can throw it there. And it's just a visual thing to help us remember, you know, that God is on the move and uh, what he's doing for you. So let me just pray with you first off. I'd like you to reaffirm your faith in Christ as your Savior. Those who have not received him yet, would you declare your faith as Christ? And others would just reaffirm your faith in Christ. So if you would pray with me out loud together, here and at home, would you join me now? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I believe. I believe. That you love me. That you love me. And you sent Jesus. And you sent Jesus. Here for me. Here for me. To forgive me of all my sins. To forgive me of all my sins. And I expect you to do it. And I expect you to do it. And you said you'd heal my sicknesses. And you said you would heal my sicknesses. And you would help me in all my issues. And you would help me in all my issues. And I expect it. And I expect it. Thank you for being my Savior. Thank you for being my Savior. For being my Lord. For being my Lord. For being my King. For being my King. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.